everyone, this is Matt, and welcome to a unique little overflow mini pod series. The series is going to be a little different because I'm usually speaking on a on a message, almost like a sermon, if you will, and hopefully it'll have something practical affecting your life. But this is going to be a little different because I'm going to talk about a trip that I had and why it's such a big deal. And I thought you would actually enjoy it because I took a trip down to see my mom. And if you know anything about me, my mom and I don't have the best relationship. However, I thought it was important to go down and see my mom and to help her through. She's having this major heart procedure done. It was called TAVR. TAVR is where they put in through your femoral artery in your leg, a artificial heart valve into your heart. It's a pretty big deal. And the alternative before this procedure was developed a little less than 20 years ago was open heart surgery. So this is a big deal. So usually my sister is one who does all this stuff and takes care of all this stuff and visits my mom and helps her out. And But my sister recently has told my mom that, well, I don't want to have any relationship with you whatsoever. And so it was up to me to pick up the slack, if you will. Now, before I get into the trip, a lot of things happened on this trip. In fact, it was probably the most memorable solo trip I've ever taken in my life. And I'm going to go through this with a bunch of podcasts to give you like everything that happened and my thoughts and stuff. But first, I want to talk to you about my relationship with my mom. My relationship with my mom is complicated at minimum. When I was 15, my parents got divorced. And the way they got divorced was very interesting. I had signed up for this preaching competition. Yes, they had a preaching competition for 15-year-old kids. Don't ask me why. I think it's one of the stupidest things I ever heard of looking back at it. Anyway, so I went on this preaching competition. I was in the finals, and I was invited to this week at summer camp. And so I went away for this week. And I got there, and I was I was looking forward to having a fun week at camp. And I got pneumonia, and I spent the entire camp in my bed in a bunk with a bunch of rowdy people, and I felt terrible. It was like 100 degrees. I had a fever. It was awful. And I don't remember much other than sweating really, really bad and really hoping. And it wasn't until about the last day there that my fever finally broke, and I started to feel a little bit better. So I come home. I'm still sick as a dog. I come home. My mom picks me up. She takes me to the house, and I'm like, where's dad? And she was like, well, he's not here. I was like, well, where is he? When is he coming back? And she goes, well, we got divorced. What a way to tell your kids. What a way to do it. Worst parental move ever. It's like a TV show. Who gets divorced when their kid goes away? Who, who does that? Me and that messed me up. So I demanded to go to my dad's and we talked and he told me it was her idea. And it was. She admitted everything. And uh, ever since then, I thought my mom turned her back on the family because she basically said, well, I just can't get along with your father. He won't let me spend money. And that's really what it was came down to. He won't let me have fun. So I'm going to have fun without him. That was the reason. Pretty lame. I get it. But it was lame. Now, if that's all that happened, that's not that big of a deal. Parents get divorced. But it really sent me into a tailspin. Now, my family life before that was nothing to write home about. <laughs> it was terrible. I would, I got beat a lot. I got yelled at. It was 
not a enjoyable home situation, but my sister and I made it the best and it, and it really brought my sister and I together because I was a snotty kid and my sister put up with me because of the parents and it was us against the world. I was a very gentle, caring kid. As soon as that happened, I became a very insensitive, no compassion person. I don't think I ever changed from that because it just ripped all compassion and love from me until I met my wife. So it was tough. And so for the next three years, I lived in my house. About a month into that, my mom hooked up with some guy in New Jersey at a bar and she decided to live with him right away. I was like, okay. So I live by myself in this house. You can imagine what a 15-year-old does when he has a four-bedroom, beautiful house to himself. We threw lots of parties. We, well, let's just say the neighbors were very concerned, but they understood the situation. And they never called the cops. And they actually protected me so many times that I couldn't believe it. And uh, for the next three years, I was by myself. I raised myself. I had I worked 40 hours a week. I put food on the table. Uh, my dad would give money to my mom. I never saw a cent of it because she used it all. She was like, oh, let me buy groceries for you. And she would buy these like really expensive items. And I was like, no, I need like staples. And she couldn't get it. And so I basically went to work. And it was great that I worked at a nice fancy restaurant. And so I was able to eat there most of the time the chefs would cook me up something and and I ate pretty good but I basically paid for myself and supported myself and did everything for myself from when I was 15 on then when I graduated high school I went to graduation and I invited my mom said no I got something going on it turned out she was going on a dance that night and she didn't feel like coming home to my high school graduation and I was really ticked off and my dad was late to it he comes in, and I'm walking down the hill. I still remember this to this day. And my dad looks at me, he goes, oh, I can't believe you actually did it. I looked at him, and I just walked away. I didn't say a word to him. He was late. That's all he had to say to me. I wanted nothing to do with my parents. Right around that time, I had watched The Godfather, part one and two. And uh, great movies. Love those movies. But one of those scenes is when uh, the boss says to his brother, he goes, I used to love you or something. And he goes, but now you're dead to me. And he actually kills his own brother. It's pretty bad. And that's how I fought. My parents were dead to me. Not completely dead, but they were pretty much dead to me. And so I lived by myself. I My mom sold the house because she ended up moving to South Carolina, where she still is today. And she got married to that guy that she hooked up with at the bar. And she was married for over 24 years or so. Things are going great for her. But for me, I was a mess. So then I graduated college. And my mom came up for that graduation, which was amazing because she had only come up twice from when I was 18 on. And one was for my wedding and one was for my graduation. And when she got to my graduation, all she did was complain and talk about herself. And I got so mad. I just said, get out. And I didn't care. My dad didn't even show up for my college graduation. I guess it wasn't a big deal for him. He goes, I can't believe you did it. Another one. So a couple of years later, I graduated from seminary, which is a master's education. My dad showed up for that one. 
And he was like, I'm so proud of you. And I said, wow, it only took you three graduations till you figured out the correct words to say. At that point, I wanted nothing to do with either of my parents. My, my parents were, in my mind, a lost cause. And I wanted nothing to do with them. Now, since then, since I graduated from college, I have seen my mom a total of three times. Three. So after I, or I should say after my wedding, I saw my mom three times. One, twice when I drove down there to Florida and I stopped by on the, on her house on the way down or up, I can't remember. And then once she came up here, that was it. Three times in 23 or four years. So my mom and I don't have a relationship, but the Bible says something about your family. If you've ever read First Timothy 5, every time I read this, I think I get a guilt trip. Like, is this the way I'm supposed to treat my parents? It says, it's talking about widows, elders, and everyone. It says, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers. Older women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. That's how we are supposed to view each other. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. And I think to myself, what am I going to repay my parents for? The hell that I brought, that I grew up in? The abandonment that I had when I was 15, is that what they want? Is that what, what God wants me to repay? Or do I repay the years before that when they did take care of me? Or the, the moments that they raised me well, which weren't that many. Verse 5 says, The widow who's really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. I think about my mom. I was like, my mom just lived for pleasure. She still does. Verse 7, given the people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That verse gets me. I'm like, should I be doing more for my mom? Now, since that time, since my, uh, I should say, when I graduated seminary, I have patched things up with my dad. And I think what happened was when I finally gave him grandkids, <laughs> uh, we our relationship got a lot better. And he actually got a lot better. He actually turned into a great person. I, I didn't even know who this person was. And I wonder if it was the second time around or if he learned finally when he was like 70, you know, this is how I should treat kids because he treated my kids great. He was the best grandfather I could ever ask for. And so because of that, I think everything that went wrong before, I just kind of forgot. But my mom is different. I didn't forget anything. So am I worse than an unbeliever? Because I don't care about my mom. And this has always gotten me. And it, it kind of throws a guilt trip on me. How much are kids responsible for their bad parents? Because I'll be honest, most parents are bad. And I struggle all the time trying to raise my kids and to do everything right for them. And so that they will go up and be like, I love my dad. I love my mom. And we want them to be there. And we want to do everything for them. Because I do have some friends who have some amazing parents. But it seems to be in the minority. So are we supposed to be to care for them? What do I do with my mom? 
who spends money all the time. I mean, she wasted the past 25 years. She's been married to a guy who had a, he was retired when they met. Well, he worked a little bit. He, I think he worked for one to two years and then he retired. He had a great pension. She bled him dry. She took everything that that poor man had. They, they had a house down in Myrtle Beach. Beautiful house right on the golf course. They had to foreclose it because she couldn't stop her credit card spending. They then moved into a mobile home where she's still there to this day. Which is not the nicest place to live. It's in the boonies. Instead of being on a golf course, they're out in the middle of the country with really cheap rent. And it's not a very nice place. Now, the people around are pretty nice, but it's not the nicest place to live. But I went down there and I remember opening up the fridge and there was no food in the fridge except for meals from the outside. So even now, after her husband passed away, who she bled dry, she has no money, but she still eats out all the time. She's living for pleasure. She wasn't cook meals. She just eats out. Do I provide for that? Do I give her give her uh, money? Because she asked for it. What was the son to do? And these are the thoughts going into my head before I decided to go down there. My sister has had it. She has spent thousands of dollars every year, maybe close to tens of thousands, to support her in her bad habits. I don't know what to do. As a son, I'm supposed to take care of my mom, but I'm thinking, how, how long do I do this? She doesn't really fit to <laughs> First Timothy 5. She's actually not really good. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to give it one last shot. I'm going to go down to Myrtle Beach this time. I'm going to accompany her to do this tavern procedure. I'm going to be there for her because my sister said, I want nothing to do with you. And she's probably a mess. She's very nervous. I mean, this is literally heart surgery. And she's got no one else. She lost her husband during the pandemic, which is not, which is pretty bad. It's pretty bad to lose your husband, but it's even worse to lose them during the pandemic when you couldn't even have a funeral and you couldn't do anything. So I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go down there. I'm going to be the perfect son and I will try my best. But she pushes all my buttons. And so this is the little of the background I wanted to give you before I talk about each day. This trip was, let's just say it was one of a kind. And I'm just glad I'm back in one piece. I hope you're in for a little bit of a roller coaster. And I'm trying to figure out really what is my role as a son with bad parents. So if you have bad parents and you're wondering what am I supposed to do with them? How am I supposed to raise them? Or if you have kids, you can be like, you know what? It should give you a little chance to say, you know, let's put in a little more effort and do a little bit better job. Because I'll be honest, when I go down this trip, I have no love for my mom. I can't say that I love my mom. I just can't. I can't get physically close to her. I can't hold her hand without flinching. I can't give her a hug without cringing. I have no love for her. What are you supposed to do? when you feel that way about your own family. So this is what I'm wrestling with as I'm preparing for this trip. It's going to cost me a lot of money to go down there. It's going to be difficult. Here we go. This was the pre-trip. So this is all going through my head. 
So hope stay with me during this series. I'm thinking there's going to be at least eight to 10 pods on this. There's a lot for me to say. <laughs> a lot happened. So join me for this fun little story. Maybe we can work, figure out together by the end what in the world you're supposed to do if you're a child of bad parents. Well, God bless. And I hope that you are somewhat encouraged to say, wow, at least my family isn't as messed up as it is. Or you can be like, hey, brother, I'm with you. So, all right. I'll see you in the next pod.